0: So Dylan, what did you do this week? Hello, and welcome to the T-Dub Hub. My name's Eric DeLang, and I'll be your host for this evening. Dylan Dean James can't seem to take time out of his busy schedule to be with us for the second week in a row, so I figured I'll just take the initiative and do it on my own. I'm going to just pull up an email here from Dylan. Second or third week in a row. Let's see. Hey, Dylan. Are you coming over to podcast tomorrow? Eric, I'm in Ladner at Mackenzie Cameron's house with Tiffany Kanda for the weekend. Best wishes and butterfly kisses. Dylan. Sent from my iPhone. Isn't that adorable? So Dylan will not be joining us for today. Um... We'll have to wait till next week, Lord willing, for his uh, wonderful sardonic sense of humor and his general charm that he brings. We do love you, Dylan, if you're listening. He probably isn't. He, I don't think he really listens to this show. I don't have anything funny to say because I'm just the straight man in this, uh, in this um, comedic duo that we have. I'm just going to s- probably sit here and mope for a few minutes. If you'll just all sit here and mope with me, uh, we were going to have Taylor Strom on, he was going to talk about the merits of Fraser, but Taylor slept in, so maybe maybe he'll be here next week too, I, I don't know, I'm just going to drink this, this sunripe smoothie, real fruit, real delicious, very delicious, I'm just going to drink this juice by myself here at the T-Dub Hub, so don't mind me. So, welcome to the TW Hub for the week of Monday, February 11. We have a great show for you. Naturally, it's going to be fairly low key. Um, New Gen ended. That's kind of kind of too bad. Um, I'm I I had a good time. I hope everyone else who came to see the show had a good time. Not to uh, end our streak of New Gen interviews, we're going to have Sarah. Sarah. Oh, I guess she goes by Sarah Ruth now. We're going to have Sarah Ruth on the program. She'll be joining us later to talk about the directing of Life Underwater. A wonderful, candid interview. Um, It's going to be completely uncensored and probably ruffle a few feathers. Naturally, the T-Dub Hub does not fully agree with everything that all of our interviewers say. We at the T-Dub Hub, we're really all about conversation. It's called the T-Dub Hub. We want it to be a hub of various worldviews, opinions, and thoughts all coming together in an in interdisciplinary peace arch, as Dylan James calls it. This is an opportunity to be challenged and to be open to questions. Sarah has a lot of really cool things to say, so um, I think you'll all really enjoy that interview. And as always, if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns that you want to raise, please, please, please send us a voice recording of yourself tdubhub at gmail.com, and we'll air your opinions on the air. You can also just email those to us, tdubhub at gmail.com, and we will uh, read your responses on the program as we see fit. Yeah, nanny, How is hoot nanny? Call us. And by calling us, I mean record uh, your voice on your iPhone Mail in the clip, and we'll put it on the program. Let us know what you thought of Hootenanny. I heard there was a crazy dance party afterwards, but I was just a little bit ill, so I didn't. Uh, wasn't able to attend that. It's unfortunate because it sounded like a wonderful time. It's a smoothie. It's just delicious. And that's it. That's it for banter today, kids. Write us. Write us an email. Send, send Dylan James some... Uh Some tweets, be like, get back on the program, I miss you. You know, Dylan, Dylan, if you're listening, we all miss you. Uh, You can find him at D I L L O N D E A N on Twitter, and you can find me (laughs) at Eric Acoustic. That's E R I K A C O U S T I K. We're going to go now to Danny with a Spartan update. Danny.
1: Volleyball action this weekend against the uh, Alberta Bears. Um, first night, the men's team lost three to one, and the second night they won three to one. This uh, this finish secures them a second place finish in the Canada West and a great spot for the playoffs. The women's also lost the first night three to one and won in a nail biter three to two on the second night. Uh, this pushes their record to nineteen and three, which is a great record and secures them a second place finish in the Canada West as well basketball this weekend they played uh ubc okanagan Uh, the men's team won the first night 73 68 and the second night 71 69 and a really close one as well and the women's team played ubc okanagan as well won the first night 60 to 45 and the second night 74 to 65 focus eric trying to do something here this is sports this is sports this next weekend they uh they play fraser valley Uh, 8 p.m. on the Friday and uh, 7 p.m. on the Saturday. So make sure to come out to that. And the women's team plays 6 p.m. on the Friday and 5 p.m. on the Saturday against Fraser Valley as well. Track this weekend. Fiona Benson running the 3,000 meter um, did a first personal best of 9 minutes, 29 seconds, and 12 milliseconds. That's really, really fast. Does that sound like inhuman? Nine minutes, 3,000 meters? Maybe it's nine hours. No, that's also ridiculous. We really need to work on our the way we do time. Okay, it must be. Fiona, Fiona Benson ran the 3,000 meter this weekend. Nine minutes, 29 seconds. I guess she's good. <laughs> she beat the previous school record of 9 minutes, 54 seconds. Uh, Jesse Phillips set a Spartan record this weekend in the pole vault, um, jumping 4 m- meters and 4.5 meters, which seems to be a theme. They just keep breaking that pole vault record, so I'm not going to say that the pole vault record's that good they keep beating it, but not. Maybe they're just incredible. How did we say we were going to say his name? Innes. Innes. Callum Inns, this weekend in the 60-meter hurdles, posted a best personal best of 8.13, which moves him into a tie for second in the CIS rankings. We have a great track team this year, so uh, keep your eyes open for uh, chances to see them in action. For the T-Dub Hub, I'm Danny Grant. This is Sparta!
0: So my next guest is in her fourth and final year of the SAMC Theatre BFA acting program. She grew up in Hawaii where she was raised by missionary parents. She's wanted to be an actress since she was in grade school and she pursued that passion exhaustively being in a plethora of SAMC Theatre plays, most notably Juliet in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Bride on Credit, and in The Great Divorce at Pacific Theatre. Taking a break from acting for this semester, Miss Ruth has set her sights on New Generations, where she directed the play Life Underwater by Richard Greenberg, and Sarah Ruth joins me live in the t Hub. Hello, Sarah.
2: Hi. How are it's you? quite an intro. <laughs> uh,
0: so you're a BFA acting student. I am. What made you take the leap from acting to directing?
2: Uh, several things. I really needed a break from acting. I've been doing it for... A very long time and it can burn you out if you're not careful with it (laughs) and I'm of the opinion that if you really love theater especially if you really love acting you should try your hand at as many things as possible in theater do directing, do costume design, do lighting, do sound, do crew work because the actors whose attitudes I've and egos I have the biggest problem with are the ones who've never done crew work. Mm. The ones that don't know how much work goes into it and end up being assholes when they're actors because they don't know how to respect the people that that are working so hard to make them look good. And uh, I took directing class with Angela last semester, and found out I wasn't terrible at it. It's <laughs> pretty much just sitting and saying my opinion, which I do anyway. But this time I was like going to get to do it for hours every night, and uh, I was lucky enough to find a play that I really fell in love with, and thought I'd give it a shot because. Didn't think I'd ever direct after school, so might as well try it here.
0: Okay. So before we get into life underwater specifically, tell us a little bit about the journey you took getting there. There was a number of different submissions that you. Submitted. Oh yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I submitted two 10-minute plays that had a male and female part in them, so I thought I could do, I could use the same guy and girl for both 10-minute plays because they're both very different and. Uh, submitted them, and they got accepted, which I wasn't expecting because they were both rather provocative. Um, And then in our our first production meeting, I I told Aaron, who's in charge of everything, that I was surprised that he accepted them. And he was like, well, why? There wasn't anything wrong with them, right? I was like, you haven't read them yet. (laughs) He said, "Uh, come back in about an hour. (laughs) And an hour later, he sent me an email saying... These are hilarious, but we can't do them at yeah. Trinity. <laughs> Which is probably for the best. I was actually talking about it with someone today and how the two plays I'd originally picked were... They were edgy and provocative, but they were edgy for edginess's mm. sake, you know? Whereas Life Underwater is edgy, I guess, for most Trinity audiences, but there's a point to it. It okay. was provocative, but there was substance, too. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it was a blessing in disguise that... I ended up getting to do this one instead and I wouldn't change it for the world
0: So there's been, there has been controversy surrounding this play Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was a scene that was taken out and then put back in There was a lot of language that was edited and some of the language was left in Um, Where do you draw the line when it comes to objectionable material? Um, Another way of asking that question is what makes a story worth telling?
2: Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Absolutely Nice, okay Huh, what makes a story worth
0: unlike, telling? Unlike your play, we don't like censorship.
2: <laughs> well, I took out all the fucks in my play. At least the ones on stage. Um,
0: yeah. But um, no, there's a time and a place, I yeah. should clarify. Yeah. This is not a time and a place. We <laughs> want to get to know Sarah. Well, the real Sarah
2: swears a lot. Good. What makes a story worth telling? If there's redemption, I think if I could... I mean, that's an oversimplification, but... I like stories that don't have happy endings, personally, (laughs) because happiness is overrated and about as common in real life as unicorns. Mm -hmm. So I like to see art that challenges me. I think that's the difference between entertainment and art. And with no disrespect to any of the other plays in New Generations, they were all really delightful. (laughs) And, uh, for lack of a better word, fluffy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they all had their merit, and they were all well directed and well acted and well produced but I feel like Life Underwater was actually the only one that was really able to challenge people and the fact that so many people actually had a problem with it or were offended by it or whatever was actually, I took it as a compliment because it meant they actually paid attention
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, because there are things in it that you don't like to see because it shows a lot of the ugliness of humanity and I think That's appropriate for Trinity actually. So much of the play was about being really superficial and hiding all of your brokenness and no matter how hard you work to hide it under superficiality and making things look nice or pleasant, your brokenness always comes out. And that's something really prevalent at Trinity that gets brushed under the rug. Mm. And this play really brought that to light. Mm. So despite the fact that people were offended by it, it was pretty cool. I In doing this, I (laughs) prayed and and asked God that I didn't care if everyone hated it and if everyone was offended by it and wanted to tar and feather and stone me, so long as one person every night got it. Just one person. Each performance could be like, fuck, yeah, get that. And it was amazing because... I came to, I only missed two performances, the Thursday night and uh, Saturday matinee, but every other night I came to, and every night at least one person came up to me and said, Thank you so much for doing this. Like they were actually really affected by it. What I found interesting was uh, they were mostly young men, too. <laughs> I was, again, talking about this with a friend who enjoyed the play but thought it was too offensive for Trinity, and I said, Well, maybe it was, but it was. Maybe it was too offensive, but it certainly wasn't inappropriate because it's so relevant. Um, most sitcoms or TV shows or fucking like One Tree Hill or whatever the fuck kids watch these days, whenever it's a story about, you know, boy falls, boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy breaks girl's heart, girl's hurt, the end, it's always about, oh, all men are fucking assholes and poor girl, she got her heart broken, and that's true, and that's, well, it's not true, but that's, that's valid, but you don't actually see really any stories about how much the guy is affected, mm. how much the guy is broken up about it, and uh, I think that's something that affected a lot of the guys that came and saw it. Whether or not they've experienced a sort of relationship, a damaging relationship like that or not, everyone... Every person, man or woman, has had a relationship with someone, anyone, family, friend, boyfriend, girlfriend. And despite the fact that they loved them, their brokenness was more than their love and ended up hurting them. Yeah. So there was something that everyone could identify with, whether they would like to admit it or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, there was actually one couple that walked out, correct? Yeah. Which one was that? Oh, that was awesome.
2: Um, I think it was Friday night.
0: Okay. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? Oh. Just imagine that they listened to this podcast. I
2: wish you'd stayed till the end. I do. I found it really ironic because they left halfway through at, like, the, you know, quote-unquote worst part when, like, Mm -hmm. everyone's sins are out on the table, um... But before any of the consequences have happened, before the consequences to these sinful actions have occurred, and after the consequences, that's when the true remorse happens, and that's when the redemption happens. Some people were offended by it, because even though they saw the the consequences and the remorse, they weren't able to see the redemption, but that's just different people's point of view, I guess. I think there's a lot of redemption in it. Um, anyway, yeah, this couple, they left, and were yelling at the front of house manager, saying that it was like, that this couldn't possibly be a Christian school for putting on a play like this and that, um, <laughs> that it reminded them of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I was like, you do realize that's from the Bible, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so technically you're saying my play is biblical. Uh, mm. You can't show grace without showing the sin,
1: mm.
2: you know? Uh, and frankly, I think the more sin there is, the more powerful the grace is the more powerful the redemption is and there was a lot of sin in the play but none of it was glorified none of it Um, I think some of the sin is shown sort of humorously um, particularly with the infidelity between a mother and her married lover and it's sort of portrayed humorously at first but both of them suffer dramatically for it and regret their actions especially the mom and uh i just i wish the couple had stayed until the end i think if they were that offended they probably would have hated it at the end anyway but at least if they'd stayed till the end then i could and they still said they hated it and thought it was awful and vile and sinful at least we could agree to disagree you know Mm -hmm. if you're not going to get it by the end you're not going to get it at all but they left halfway through like not saying our play is anything close to the holy word of god but you don't read the fucking bible halfway through and then just stop like wasn't there there's more to the story so that i and I, I you know i saw them leave and i was really close to actually getting up and following them out because i i could tell they were leaving because they were offended and i wanted to follow them out and talk to them or and even later i thought like i wish i'd put my email address in in the program so that people and said, like, if you're offended by any of the content, please talk to me. Because I want to dialogue about it. I want to hear why people were offended by it. I think dialogue is very important. <laughs> I wish we could have done a talk back or something, you know?
0: Yeah. You have an interesting relationship with Christianity.
2: <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you were raised by missionaries, correct? Sure was. Um, missionaries that work with YWAM. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Not a big fan of YWAM? No, sir. So, how has that tension worked itself out in your life? And then how has that, I mean, just tell us as much as you want to tell us about how that worked out, mm. that's worked out in your life, and then how that relates to your art as well.
2: It's funny. I'm, I'm a writer, too. I mean, a novice, by all means, but I do enjoy the craft and would like to pursue it more. And everything I've tried to write, I always end up giving up halfway through because it always ends up being about God. <laughs> I can't fucking escape the guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> every time I try and write something, there's always sex, death, and God. Always. All, all three of them just all smushed together in some hideous package. Like, I can't, I can't escape it as much as I sometimes wish I could. Mm-hmm. And even every character I've played, there's always been some sort of fascination with God involved in that character. Like... Yeah, there's no other way to put it, but I, I just can't escape the guy. <laughs> it's like I'm sick with him, like cancer. I wish I could cut it off, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that conversation um, or that that tension worked itself out in the directing of Life Underwater?
2: Yeah. Um, well, like I said, so much of the play is about sin, redemption, and grace, and... It was, I was surprised at how much I was actually affected by the play. I, I generally, I mean, this is my first time ever directing a whole piece, but I get really, really invested in when I'm acting in a role. Uh, generally a little too invested to the point that the lines between me and a character get blurred, and that's part of why I wanted to direct to take a break from that, so I could, like, not go schizophrenic this semester. But um, I ended up getting so invested in it in a totally different different way, it still affected me so deeply, I mean, especially some rehearsals, like the one, it was actually the one that comes to mind is um, where I had you do the subtext with Emily in her monologue where she's talking about how she went crazy and hurt herself and had to go to a psych ward, and you're just standing there listening to her the whole time, and um, and I asked you to respond after every sentence she said with what was going on in your character's mind. Yeah. And she's saying all these, these aching things, these things she's so ashamed about and confused about and why she hates herself and her struggle with that. And your response over and over again was just, I love you. You're beautiful.
1: Yeah. I
2: love you. You're beautiful. Over and over again. and Oh, fuck. It just wrecked me. <laughs> like, I don't know. God confuses me a lot. Again, sex, death, and God. They're all kind of mixed together in my brain. And even though I don't get it, there is something about God as the lover figure. My favorite book of the Bible is Song of Solomon, not just because it's dirty, but I also think it's very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and Although I don't think, this is a tangent, although I don't think Song of Solomon is supposed to be a metaphor for Christ loving the church, it's actually about a man and a woman loving each other and fucking each other a lot, and that's beautiful. There is something we can gain from it in that Christ does love us and and wants to possess us wholly, body and soul, and thinks we're lovely and beautiful. And even though we're ugly... (laughs) and wretched
0: yeah wow <laughs> yeah we're ugly and wretched but we're loved sort of <laughs> sort of the um, the thrust of life underwater would you say yeah it's all about cool thanks so much for the yeah on thank you program i guess i'll end with one last question so Congratulations on your directorial debut. Thank you. What's next? For oh, Blue? fuck,
2: I don't know. I have no fucking clue. No. <laughs> no, I sort of thought that this would be just like my one shot at trying directing. And, you know, I, it's a safe environment because I'm still at school and have a big support system. And I'm probably never going to do it again. So I might as well give it a shot. But I sort of fell in love with the process of it, to be honest. And I don't think I'm done directing. I don't know what's next, but I think that's a part of it. And acting, of course, will always <laughs> like god, I keep trying to get rid of it and it keeps following me <laughs> around. So <laughs> nasty little pest. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best in the Thank future. Thank you. <laughs> Good show, huh, for being completely solo? For more information about what you heard on the program, go to our blog, twhub.blogspot.ca. We'll have lots of great information for you. Check it out. Do you have some music you'd like us to feature? Have a great topic for an interview? Want to design our cover art on iTunes? Send us an email, tdubhub at gmail.com. And as always... If you have any thoughts or questions or comments about what you heard, just send a voice recording of yourself to tdubhub at gmail.com and we'll play your response on the air. The intro and segue music was written and recorded by Tyler Dumoulin. You can find his blog at tylerdumoulin.wordpress.com. And this outro music is Reign of Judah by Josh Dower. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash dower.
1: From all of us at the t Hub, peace and love.